to The Leverage Point, a podcast about your development and performance at work. Improvement doesn't have to be hard or boring. This podcast is a pragmatist's guide to growth, achievement, and success. Discover your leverage point. I'm Angela Lane, and with my colleague, Sergey Gobatov, we research and practice in the fields of talent, performance, and behavior. Together with you, we'll translate science into leverage points. So let's get started. This is the first of two podcasts on development. Specifically, we're going to look at why our development sometimes stalls. There's a world of difference between wishful thinking and wish fulfillment. We want to be better, and yet somehow we're not. Take New Year's resolutions, for example. Did you know that more than 80% of New Year's resolutions fail? And that's before the end of February. And so, in the next two episodes, we're going to uncover the inner and outer reasons for why development stalls, stops, or just doesn't happen at all. And when you know what goes wrong, you've got a leverage point, the knowledge you need to get things back on track. Today, I'm going to begin with the inner, individual reasons that cause us to get in our own way. Whenever I've failed to master something, my lack of progress can usually be traced back to one of five origins. I've come to think of these as my enemies of self-improvement and, is so often the case guys, I have met the enemy and he is me. So what happened? Let's take a look. Drum roll, please. Reason number one, I didn't have a goal. The psychological value of goal setting is undisputed. Those who have goals achieve more than those that don't. But not all goals are created equal. Let me give a couple of examples. Take these three. I want to learn Python so I can create a really cool video game. Or I have to learn Python in order to keep up with my co-workers. Or I must learn Python, otherwise I'm going to lose my job. Feeling confronted with no choice about learning. Having no agency triggers an internal fight. You might have heard of the teacher, coach and founder of the Pacific Institute. Lou Tice. He used to say that humans, when we're pushed, we push back. We are never motivated by the sense that we have to. On the other hand, we're highly motivated when we take responsibility and decide we want to do something, we'd like to do something, we choose it, we love it. So tip number one, if your development isn't going the way you expect it, Take time to think about the why behind your development goal. Please don't do it because someone else expects you to do it. Do it for you. Decide you want it and set a goal. Let's look at reason number two. I didn't have a plan. Okay, so I've got a goal. That's a great start, but I need a plan. The problem with development plans, in my experience, is that they're often vague. Oh, they look comprehensive on the outside, complicated, complex documents, lots of activities and actions. But there's often not sufficient guidance on what you're supposed to learn specifically and how you're going to learn it. Consider this development plan. Oversee project management for a global cross-functional project. Excuse me? What am I supposed to be learning? Is it project management? 
or experience dealing with complexity? Or is the skill gap I'm trying to solve for getting alignment? Or maybe I'm meant to be honing my cross-functional relationship building skills? Some experiences do teach us a lot of things, but if you can't describe the one thing you need to learn, I'm not sure how you systematically learn it. And while I'm on the topic, which complex project was that again? And what do they mean by oversee? And what aspects of project management? All of them or just some of them? You see where I'm going, guys, right? It looks like a great plan, but we can do better. I favour intensive, short-term development plans that are uber-specific. So consider ditching that annual plan and replace it with a 30-day sprint. And you're going to use that sprint to master a very specific skill. For example, demonstrate the ability to incorporate lead and lag time concepts into my planning by drafting the project plan for the launch of Roska's Bone. There isn't any doubt about what I'm supposed to learn, lead and lag times, and how I'm going to learn it by drafting the project plan for Roska's Bone. And when I've done with my sprint, I'm revising my plan and going on to something else. Hey, who knows, maybe I'll master the Gantt chart. Reason number three... I didn't know how to practice. If you follow Sergey and I, you'll know we've written a lot about what constitutes good practice. We favour identifying small behaviours that you can have the opportunity to repeat. Like exercise, repeating a behaviour helps develop the muscles. And like our muscles, the process of developing new behaviours triggers neurons in our brain that make repeating an activity easier in the future. Every subsequent repetition takes less brain power as it becomes more ingrained. In the book, Outliers, Malcolm Gladwell identified the 10,000 hour rule, the time it takes for mastery. Our advice? Don't worry about mastery. By focusing on small behaviours that you can incorporate into routines, you'll get progressively better over time, bit by bit. In our experience, your weaknesses are rarely going to become mastered strengths, but you can improve enough through practice to ensure that your weaknesses don't hold you back. And by the way, the risk of thinking in terms of mastery is sometimes it all just seems too unattainable. It's daunting. We give up before we get started. Instead, forget mastery. Let's just focus on getting better. Which brings me to reason number four. I didn't get better. In other words, I practiced, but it didn't make a difference. So what's happening? Two possibilities. Others may not have seen the improvement because it hasn't happened yet. Others assess our improvement, not us. And so we need to ask. Asking for feedback gives you valuable input on how your practice is going. But there's a second reason. People may not know that you're working on something and therefore they're not looking to see the change in you. You, as the dedicated learner that you are, are conscious of your efforts. You're feeling the weight of all that practice and you know how hard you're working. But others might not have noticed the change. Well, at least not without a bit of priming. 
Your leverage point here is to make confirmation bias your friend. Confirmation bias, according to the American Psychological Association, is a tendency to look for information that supports rather than rejects the preconceptions that we have while rejecting or ignoring any conflicting data. So if people think I'm rubbish at project planning, they won't easily see my improvement at estimating lead and lag times, but they'll notice the one and only mistake I make. I can hear them now. Angela should never have been allowed to manage the plan for the launch of Roscoe's Bone. She's terrible at project management. Thanks for nothing, people. Telling others you're developing new skills, asking them for feedback, checking in on your progress helps make other people notice the difference in you. It's called priming. And as it relates to development, it is a way of helping others overcome an unconscious bias that they may have that might stop them from seeing you grow. And now the fifth and final reason. I didn't stay the course. Like dieting, sometimes we work hard, we make short-term progress, but then we fall back into old habits. There can be many reasons. Maybe I didn't really embed the new habit. Maybe under stress I reverted back to an old pattern of behavior. Or maybe the goal wasn't as important as it once was. When you start to slip, I find three things really helpful. One, start by congratulating yourself. Yep, that's right, you heard me. Congratulate yourself on noticing that you're getting off track. It's the first step in getting back on plan. Second thing, don't beat yourself up. You could dwell on how I can't get anything right, or you could. Three, revisit why you wanted to change in the first place. Right at the start, even before you set your goal, you had a belief. A belief that a skill an experience, a new behavior would make a difference that matters. When things go off track, when you start to stall, that's where you need to go. Back to that vision of the higher performing, more confident than ever in your ability, you. When you reconnect with that belief and you revisit your goal, you can adjust, you can get back to work again. And it's not called failing, it's called learning. And with every iteration, you'll grow. So what's your leverage point? If your development isn't progressing, don't despair. Instead, reflect. Know why you wanted to change in the first instance. Set a goal. Make a plan. Take small incremental steps and let others know. Fall off the horse. Get back up. It's all good. You've got this. And that's it for today. Thanks for listening. And remember, small changes can have big impact if you find your leverage point. So keep asking, what's my leverage point? Now, to continue this conversation, share this episode on social media like LinkedIn or Facebook and leave a comment or question for the wider community. And give us five stars on Apple Podcasts while you're at it.